my next question, that presents itself as a considerable burden, especially on SMEs, because in some cases, the threshold is pretty low. So, you know, you're just starting off a business and you're trying to expand into uh, a neighboring jurisdiction. And then suddenly you have the burden of, you know, maintaining transfer pricing documentation. The principles is one thing you can figure that out, but the contemporaneous documentation of all of those transactions would, you know, it, it presents itself as quite a burden, not just on the company, but on the tax offices as well, who have to police that. Uh, you know, how, how sustainable is that? What do you guys think about that? Neelish, what do you think? Right now, see, the transfer pricing regulations today yes. in different countries, they are there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, pillar one, pillar two, they are applicable, applicable only to very big MNCs. Pillar one mm -hmm. is applicable only to MNCs having 20 billion turnover per, mm -hmm. per year. Mm -hmm. Pillar two, 750 million euros. So SMEs are not directly covered there. So SMEs, mm -hmm. whatever is currently applicable, in different countries, they will they will be governed by those regulations till the time they are changed. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't see pillar one and pillar two being made applicable to SMEs very soon. Okay. That, that will okay. take a lot, lot, many, many years. First, they mm -hmm. have to see pillar one and pillar two, how they are working, whether different countries are agreeing, happy with it. Because pillar two means, I, you must have read that Ireland has increased its tax rate to 15%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now, a country which is a tax heaven, if I park my profits there, it is not mm -hmm. going to work. I have to mm -hmm. pay 15% either in my home country mm -hmm. or in some intermediate jurisdiction. And if that happens, that no tax jurisdiction is of no value to me. So the no tax jurisdiction itself may enact 15% tax. Otherwise, I, otherwise it, is, it will lose tax revenue to other countries. Mm, yeah, but you know, I, I get what you're saying, but there are some jurisdictions, for example, Indonesia, where there is no threshold for transfer pricing. So like in Singapore, it's 10 million, no. but in Indonesia, it's zero. So everything you need to, so I'm just thinking that if more countries are as aggressive and adopt that approach, an approach that basically drags SMEs into the TP net. You know that that presents itself as a as a challenge to companies. So it, it's with that in with that in mind. Uh, cool. Do, do you want to comment on that? Uh, yes, uh, Darren. Uh, so uh, uh, yes, uh, you're right. In fact, there has to be yeah. uh, there has to be uh, a balance. Uh, mm -hmm. And I 100 percent agree because there are taxpayers which are really small and medium enterprises. Uh, they they definitely have a burden to kind of collect all this information. And uh, transfer pricing is never uh, you know a small uh, bit of information. It is a compilation of a lot of information which has to go to substantiate uh, your transactions and your prices. Uh, so uh, one is uh, you know uh, the way you look at it, uh, Darren, is that if you look at it only as a compliance. It is definitely a burden, but if you look mm -hmm. at it uh, again uh, as a consultant, we we often uh, come across clients uh, discussing this as well. Is that if you look at it as an opportunity uh, to mm -hmm. introspect your uh, your own pricing, so uh, mm -hmm. you know a company uh, um, uh, is performing a set of functions, and because it's a part of a multinational group, it does not know whether it is getting enough profits of its own because uh, there are uh, employees uh, you know who have some profit incentive uh, whose uh, remuneration is based on profit incentives. So yep. if uh, you know mm -hmm. if everything is like a kind of uh, you know looked at as a whole as a group, 
and uh, you know uh, internally within the corporation they do not know how much profitability is earned by uh, which company that they won't be able to kind of uh, really implement any uh, tax efficiencies uh, sorry mm-hmm. cost efficiencies uh, there uh, so that could be you know another advantage if not a direct uh, benefit but uh, you know a compliance uh, once you're doing a compliance once you're going deeper into your uh, you know your functions assets and risk and try and understand mm-hmm. what uh, value add is being done by a particular company and what value add is done by their corresponding uh, you know related party so uh, that way they they can definitely have some efficiencies but yes uh, that does not undermine the statement that uh, there should be uh, you know uh, this is uh, this is a, a big uh, big collection of information which has to be compiled and uh, presented to the tax authorities when they ask for it there has to be uh, you know a balance between uh, how much uh, efforts have to go into um, transfer pricing for smaller transactions which may not have a lot of impact on uh, you know on the taxability even uh, may not benefit a lot to the tax authorities as well Mm-hmm. And Darren, in India also, SMEs are within the network transfer pricing because oh, wow. our thresholds are almost. It is like reporting documentation threshold is only one crore rupees. Wow! Uh, how much? How much? How much is that? Yeah, how much is that in US? US dollars would be that will be about fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow! That that is you're right. That's pretty low. Yeah. And because of that. in last 15 years there has been a lot of litigation on transfer pricing in india mm-hmm. lot means lot mm-hmm. yeah and you are mm-hmm. right that because of that smes have suffered of course mm-hmm. they have suffered mm-hmm. the brunt of litigation mm-hmm. and the cost of uh, compliance documentation yes mm-hmm. but that is not going to change now india is not going to increase mm-hmm. the, the threshold yeah. and yeah. remove smes out of the transfer pricing net we are not yeah. hearing anything of that kind Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think that yeah, you know, like country by country reporting this fifty percent minimum tax. They call you know seven hundred and fifty million euros or whatever. But that's just as the starting point. I think over time you'll see mission creep, and you'll see tax authorities use it as an opportunity to slowly but surely lower that threshold to bring more in the net. Because you know, let's face it, every you know, most countries in the world right now have uh, a balance of payments, uh, you know, sort of deficit going on, and they have. expenses arising out of the the crisis that we just emerged from so they have a lot of expenses they have a balance sheet to plug so tax revenue all eyes on tax revenue so the more you can collect the better and the more attractive it is from a political point of view so yes you may start the conversation at big multinationals but there is a huge incentive to just lower it to get more in that net to collect more revenue so so yeah absolutely so with with you know with that in mind What what are the key trends? If you had to pick up like three key trends within the transfer pricing space for the future to pay attention to, what what would you say they are, Nilesh? Yeah, what <laughs> actually currently I'm practicing in India, so yeah. there the tax authorities are looking to looking at profit split method, which is one of mm-hmm. those prescribed method. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like they want to look at a method which applies, which views the transaction from both sides, mm-hmm. from the side of both the associated enterprise participating in the transaction whereas mm. other methods are mostly one sided methods mm. okay. so profit split method mm-hmm. authorities are looking into what is the arms length profit from a particular transaction and mm. how it should be split between the two entities participating in the transaction right that is i, I say that i would say that is one yeah. second would be this of course intangibles intangibles is always a troublesome issue intangibles because of oecd guidelines very detailed guidelines there is something called dempi as 
cool and others would know DMP development exploitation protection maintenance and enhancement enhancement of intangibles mm -hmm. meaning that any group entity which is just a legal owner of the patents or the intangibles will no longer be entitled to book all the royalties or income super income or premium income or premium profits from exploitation of the intangibles mm -hmm. entities who participated in this dempy functions all those entities will be entitled to mm -hmm. okay so so that's your sense as to like the key trends to pay attention to uh, this is second, yeah, yeah yeah second thing yeah. and third okay. is financial transactions like corporate yeah. guarantees then because of covid this new model has come up mm -hmm. they call it uh, what what is the name intergroup treasury management yeah yeah and yeah. captive insurance captive oh, insurance yes because of yeah. covid some mnc's were not able to get insurance externally at a reasonable premium so, so they have set up capi captive insurance internally it is yeah. yeah so in india i'm seeing this mainly these three trends which are novel yeah. new mm -hmm. yeah. okay great great thank you very much uh, and cool what's going on in canada like what are the three key trends from a, a transfer pricing perspective that we need to keep our eyes on and uh, yeah, so uh, first, uh, my apologies for that wrong number. I mean, uh, my calculations were not correct. It, uh, one crore is equivalent of about 135,000 US dollars. Just No, it's still a very a little a small uh, threshold, but yeah. uh, it's uh, it's not that uh, what I mentioned initially. Uh, yeah, in Canada, again, um, uh, Darren, uh, the threshold for documentation, although that's not your question, but uh, is, is pretty low. Uh, so mm -hmm. one is that there is virtually no threshold for transfer pricing documentation. Uh, there are wow. penalties. Uh, yes, uh, there is a threshold of um, one million Canadian dollars uh, to report those transactions uh, in a, uh, to the government uh, along with the tax uh, a tax return. Um, but most of uh, you know uh, the uh, the taxpayers they are not aware that uh, you know uh, that you need to, and uh, there are penalties if you don't maintain. And uh, uh, the tax authorities, if they do adjustments beyond uh, beyond ten percent of your gross income, uh, there mm. are uh, uh, there could be penalties. So uh, transfer pricing documentation definitely is uh, is one of the factors which I would emphasize is key on uh, on this. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, other areas which uh, you know uh, which. Uh, uh, one is uh, uh, you know recharacterization where uh, we we recently had an uh, important uh, case law as well, uh, but that is more from the tax authority side how they look at the transfer pricing um, mechanism structure between the entities. But from a taxpayer's perspective, intergroup services is something which we often um, uh, come across uh, with a lot of uh, companies uh, uh, providing those services uh, uh, you know across the border mm -hmm. or receiving it um, from the US. So that is one. Uh, although uh, taxes, uh, I mean, it is one of those uh, which is uh, difficult to bear. All those five methods which we generally have in transfer pricing, it is difficult uh, sometimes to kind of uh, substantiate the arms length basis on uh, using one of those methods. It is eventually, you know, the TNMM, which is the residual method, has to come in to substantiate uh, uh, intra-group services or management services. So, so that is something. Otherwise, I, I think the has picked up very well. All these uh, intangibles is an important one from a Canadian perspective as well. All, although uh, most of the business between Canada and the US, uh, it is the US which has the headquarters and they hold uh, the intangibles either internally or uh, elsewhere. And Canada is more of like a support, uh, uh, you know, functions that we see mostly. But uh, mm -hmm. yes, intangibles is something where CRA has been focusing, um, you know, closely on. So, okay, that's good. That's great. So, you know, from, from my point of view, I, I think, you know, absolutely most jurisdictions that typically didn't pay attention to transfer pricing are increasingly doing so. The, the thresholds are some jurisdictions are high, some jurisdictions are low. Generally speaking, I see them being reduced. 
generally speaking, to bring more pe- more businesses into the net for, for obvious reasons. And I, I think that presents itself as a greater burden of compliance for, especially for SMEs and something for them to really pay attention to because the capacity within the tax offices is in, in being enhanced. So the risk of audits are uh, increasing as well. And previously you could probably, in certain jurisdictions, you probably get tax officers who weren't familiar with transfer pricing especially in emerging markets, but no longer the case. Uh, increasingly, they're being trained up and they know what they're doing. They know what they're looking for. You can't play games like, you know, you can't manipulate things unnecessarily like, like you would have historically. And, you know, it's just something to pay attention to. And on that note. So if you're a six, seven or eight figure investor, entrepreneur or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.